0: Thank you so much for joining the conversation. As usual, I'm your host, your sister, and your friend in Kiru. And tonight I'm joined by the lovely Chinwe Ononoju of Auntie Chi's Igbo class. Mm -hmm. You might remember her from our previous relationship panel discussion because she dropped lots of bombs at the end. (laughs) She is an educator, an author, an interpreter with a background in linguistics. Her love for teaching Igbo language to her nieces and nephews abroad led her to writing a book and designing an Igbo class to teach Evo learners in a diaspora. Chi, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Would Thank you, like you so say, much. <laughs> yes, would you like to
1: say a few words to our listeners? Uh, hi, hello, everyone. Um, I'm, I, I mean, we've been planning, I've been hoping to be invited to this discussion for a very long time because I just love this um, conversations. and. Um, I only, you know, I've actually listened in a couple of times and I've actually learned a lot. And um, I do hope that anyone listening will learn a thing or two from our conversation today and, you know, laugh. I'm all about laughing. Yes. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, well, everyone, welcome and I'm happy to be here. Thank you all for tuning in that you see, you know, when you get to listen.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you, Chi. So I, um, like you said, I just really wanted to continue our conversation from where we left off from our savvy Sunday, which was last year. Actually, um, we were talking about my experience growing up as a Nigerian American, specifically in an Igbo, um, household. And, um, just as you and I have discussed on a number of occasions and as you know, we've been seeing on social media, being African is now considered cool. Like it's the end thing. Everyone. You know, everyone has this like renewed pride or um, sense of like self and love for our African upbringing. But for many of us growing up here, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always this way essentially. And But it is nice to see how things are changing. Um, we're seeing this through people reclaiming their traditional names, those people who are willingly traveling back home. And the reason why I say willingly is because <laughs> For many of us growing up traveling um or being sent back home rather was used as a threat for bad behavior um for some reason so to see people wanting to go back to their home countries and invest in them as well i think that's a very beautiful thing so chi just to kind of jump straight into the conversation what would you say or whom would you say is responsible for this cultural revitalization of african culture among millennials in the diaspora and specifically, just for the sake of this conversation, uh, among the EBOs.
1: Um, well, I would think uh, that's a very relevant question. I would think the millennials are. <laughs> I would give it up to them, because, like you said, um, I think they made they have made African. You know, I, I think the the thing that we have learned with this generation is that you know we have, we're becoming we're beginning to understand, or we're. Be- where, you know, um, I think if any generation may be in African cool, I would think that it is this generation. I believe that our fathers and our grandfathers, you know, I mean, you know, talking about uh, uh, talking about uh, you know parents of the millennials, <laughs> I would think that um, they had there was there was still uh, struggles, you know, that came from, you know. Maybe especially for those in diaspora, especially with you know relocating, you know, and they were faced with other struggles like you know being found, being new in in a new you know being new in another land and being um, you know being you know wanting to just break. They had a lot of glass ceilings that they needed to shatter. So I feel like um, I would also give it up for the parents of the millennial, because they they also paved the way to make the millennial the millennials comfortable, you know. Mm. And so at the point, you know, to they, they got comfortable to be like, okay, you know what? I think they got got to, you know, I mean those ones, the, their parents came here, they already knew where they were from, but they right. came into a society that, you know, they were, where they were trying to find their feet. So it was like okay i'm here i have to break you know i have to break glass ceilings in this society i have to succeed in this society and so there were so many things that were put in the back burner and when they gave birth to these kids and these people, these millennials started wondering, okay, now we're here, where do we come from, you know? And even though we're born here, it's not like everybody is open, is accepting us as, I mean, there's a lot of struggle going on with where you, I mean, where you're from. So if you're a child of an immigrant, even though you're, let's say you're born in America, even though you're American, you still have a lot of struggles as to identity, you know? You are an American, and of course, your parents do not say you are an American, no matter how much. <laughs> How much education you've got and they still say you're Nigerian. So at a point the real I mean, as you grow older really, you start to want to know more about yourself. You try to know more of who you are and this gave birth to wanting to say okay you know what I'm actually from here and the more mature you get you begin to understand that there's nothing wrong with where you're from even though you I know that I know I've heard a lot of stories of people who grew out who, who grew up out here who were bullied because of maybe the texture of their hair, the way they looked their language or how their parents spoke but you know right. you start to understand <laughs> that there's nothing yeah, here you start to understand that there's nothing wrong with where you come from and the best thing for you to do is to embrace it because no other person is going to embrace you and accept you better than when you accept yourself and accept where you come from so i think this all this gave you know all this contributed to the fact you know contributed to the reason why the millennials said okay you know what it is cool to be african uh our parents came out here they wanted to succeed and somehow they didn't really expose us, they didn't really give us the necessary exposure to the culture. But what we're going to do is we're going to, like, succeed and also, at the same time, find who we are, know who we are, and, you know, hold on to our identity. So I, I believe this is what has happened. And, I, I'm, and you know, embracing yourself, you know, when like, just not just, not just as, as it relates to culture, but when you start to love yourself and embrace yourself, it becomes, it's, it's actually a cool thing. You know, you, you become a really cool person because right. it is the confidence that, that, it is the confidence of knowing who you are and accepting who you are that actually makes you really, really cool. You know, so I think I that, that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, because I'm a cool person. Yes, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> I no, thought I should, she... it,
0: you actually brought up a lot of good points because I know, you know, for me personally, and like you said, a lot of our parents, like, their main focus was for their kids to be in an environment where there are more opportunities where they can have access to different things that maybe they weren't or that they wouldn't be exposed to in their home countries um, so sometimes i think the emphasis on culture maybe growing up wasn't as strong because like i remember like being in class like for example let's say christmas time or even thanksgiving which is coming up people would ask okay you know what are you doing or what are you guys going to eat or you know, sometimes it's made for awkward conversations because it's like, first of all, what? if I, if I, yeah, if I tell you what I'm going to eat, you won't, you won't even know what what it is. You won't, yeah. you find it as disgusting, or and I, I don't have the time or energy to want to explain to you. Mm. You know that yeah. I'm what I'm eating. So yeah, that's yeah. a very good point that you brought up. Yeah, but I think, I think on the other hand too. Um, you know, I think growing up also, we all we would always hear things like, you know, let's say we go to a function, like a party or something, and one of our community elders, are you know, they're trying to communicate with us in Ebo, for example, and we respond in English. Then they look at us like, oh, you know, these American kids, they don't know their language. But <laughs> the funny thing is, they're the ones who are not making the attempt to really yes. teach or immerse their kids in the culture. I mean, like I always say, my parents, they, despite the fact that, you know, Igbo is not very forthcoming for me when I'm trying to like this conversation that you and I are having, I'm not at a place where I can have it in a fluency. <laughs> you know, that would be very amazing when I, I can finally get to that level. But like, if my mom, for example, was speaking to me in Igbo in the same kind of context, I would be able to, you know, completely understand her, but I think for people who are younger than me, um, and some other people maybe my same age group who maybe kind of grew up in a different home. Some of them, they really have no command or understanding of their language at all, or even some parts of their culture. So, um, you know, I know that's one thing that you and I, we talk about often, like this failure, I guess, um, of African parents raising their children in the diaspora to teach them their native tongues and teach them about their heritage. and. Um, in the same way or as reasonably as um, possible as maybe they were exposed to it when they were younger. So Mm -hmm. I would like to ask you, how can African millennials, both those in the diaspora and those on the continent who are parents or thinking of becoming parents, how can they do a better job in encouraging the next generation as it relates to teaching them about their culture, um, cultural heritage? And um, in addition to that, who would you say is responsible for maintaining culture? um, in the Igbo context, both in the past and in the present?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, just because our tradition and culture is, you know, the one that, you know, it's, it's, it's actually uh, a bit challenging to find, um, so many history, you know, history books about the Igbos, you know, um, there are always like when whenever you go out to look for books or resources on the history of Igbo people, there are so many um, tales, I won't call it tales, there are so many perspectives, there are so many, you know, points of view. Now, um, the, the, the thing is, again, back to the, I, I, I feel like it has a lot to do, I mean, the millennials, I see them, I see millennials actually working really hard to do better than the, our parents did you know, not to, not that I'm judging our parents, they did a great job, but you have to understand that the way the African man, especially the one who came, you know, who came out from home, is desi- is de- his mind is designed to want to succeed. So once he finds what he calls success, once he identifies what is success to him, he focuses on it and every other thing is, you know, kept aside that's why when we were growing up in fact some of us did not have time for extracurricular activities you know like right. i mean out here in the u.s you see <clears throat> going to school you have piano lessons you have um karate, karate classes you have uh okay. swimming you know all those kinds of things um i mean if you take it back to um you know some of the let's say your 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 generation your parents right. when you were growing up i know some people in your age group some parents didn't want their kids to participate in extracurricular activities they just wanted you to study 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 because to them what success looked like was it beco- was becoming a professional either, right. in fact there's a joke in nigeria that says that for an african parent all him all there are only four careers you can choose from you can choose right. from either, <laughs> you can choose from either being a doctor a lawyer uh an engineer, engineer. <laughs> or the fourth the fourth um, option is you become a disgrace to the family so right. even if <laughs> even if you're an author even if you're a business analyst whatever it is as long as it doesn't fall under the first three category mm-hmm. you are not really in that successful so so when our parents started um you know, when our parents came and, I, did, you know, this was what success meant to them. They put everything and they pushed um, their kids, which actually works. But they didn't, I, I guess they, they, you know, because they wanted success and nothing less, they did not want okay. to hear anything else. I can't even imagine when, I, when we were growing up, if I had said that I wanted to be an artist or if I said I wanted to be a musician, I would have been looked as an as, as an unserious person. You right. know? So, but yeah, so because of that... Things and things like language or learning about culture. I mean, the, the, your, 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 that generate your the parents. I mean, your generation, your dad's, your parents' generation didn't even have the time for that because they were also struggling to hit, you know, to be successful and they You're needed right. to raise kids that needed to be successful as well. Yeah. I have a student who told me that when they were growing up, their parents said, "Listen, learning Igbo or learning the culture is going to confuse you. Just focus on becoming a doctor." <laughs> but but right now yeah but right now millennials have actually achieved and thanks to their parents for pushing so hard i always say that your parents the generation of your parents who moved out here and raised kids did an awesome job i mean it is hard for you to come into any nigerian community in the usa without finding at least one professional in that family so the parents did a great job and most of the immigrant kids you know have Mm. done exceptionally well for themselves I am you know it's impressive when I look when I look back and see it so having said that because of the way they strive to push the kids I realized that they you know it seemed like they didn't have time for anything else but now the millennials are like okay you know what we can actually be successful and still have time because they are now in this in in this um society they are now in this environment and they know Mm -hmm. that all these extracurricular activities are also important for the you know general growth of any human being so they are investing in uh, some of them that have kids are investing in oh my child is doing is taking piano classes they're taking mm-hmm. a swimming classes they're doing all this kind of things and they also understand that now if they have to pass down from generation to generation who they are they can also introduce culture and so you see uh, uh, you see um uh organizations like Umibo Unite and you know people are just joining the group I, I I was in the Houston the last gala that was the last national convention that was in mm-hmm. that was held in Houston there were over a thousand people a thousand people in attendance a thousand right. Umibo people in attendance and that was amazing for me you understand because people just you know they are now understanding that we can actually be successful and because this is um because this is the what they call the jet age or you know the age of the 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 (laughs) age of technology that's what i know some parents call it the jet age it's so funny when they say that so this is the age of the technology so you can actually multitask you can do Mm -hmm. so many things at the same time you can be successful learn about your culture know about your culture learn your language and you know it doesn't even stop anything you know The, the the pressure is less The pressure is less on the millennials, basically. basically. So they can actually be successful and still have time for culture. So I think uh the 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 millennials are they just they still you know i mean it's still their responsibility to keep passing this um to keep teaching trying i see a lot of them i have a lot of students all over the world that are Igbo's. they you Mm -hmm. know they, they have people in australia people in norway people in the uk and they're learning Igbo language and i feel like now that they have gotten they have understood who they are and where they come from I feel like it also depends on them to keep passing it along because that's all we have, you know. That's all we have, yes. Ours is an oral tradition and and passing it from generation to generation and also trying to develop because a lot of people are beginning to invest in resources that will keep, you know, the story alive, that will Mm -hmm. keep the culture alive and that will educate people Mm -hmm. more. So I feel like, you know, the millennials need to keep doing more. Our parents have, you know, they have tried. and. right sure they are tired but you know but they also did a good job as well but i also wanted to touch briefly on what you said about you know not uh, encouraging people to you know like when you go for the igbo parties and they you know you're, you you the fact that you cannot speak the igbo language people you know an uncle or an auntie start saying no you can't speak the language or whatever <laughs> not knowing yeah. that they didn't contribute to making it any better so it still comes from that pressure they were i feel like they were under a lot of pressure you know right. that maybe a lot of pressure to succeed that you know i don't know somehow they magically think they magically thought that if they don't teach you you can grow up <laughs> and just, be, just because just right. because you're born in yeah just because you are evil and which is which is funny because they forget the environment that you were raised in you know mm. and 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 you know that's it is if you don't teach somebody a language they're not going to learn no matter right. it's only your environment that will affect you know you to a large extent, you know, so you're learning the language to a large extent. It, it kind of reminds me of that situation where I don't know, we would have grew up back home when you are young, they tell you, oh, don't talk to any man don't bring any man to the house don't Mm -hmm. associate with men and then all of a sudden you are in your thirties, single and then everybody's like why are you not married when was I I supposed to find this man (laughs) you know is it when you said I shouldn't I should not um talk to men how was I supposed to associate (laughs) it wasn't supposed to happen automatically you know so yeah it's really that kind of a thing we just we're just the calls we're just the people of uh, of high expectations that's the thing and I think (laughs) only great people have high expectations for themselves you know Mm. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's very powerful, Chi. I mean, I, I definitely want to touch on a few things you just mentioned. Like, mm-hmm. I would say when it uh, when it comes to um, like you mentioned, I guess parents not really having time and everything else. I think the other thing too, some of them they just didn't have the money as well because you know, as you can imagine, with the immigrant experience, for many of them, especially when you um, consider you know their spouse or consider mm-hmm. children. And then, you know, you're in a foreign land trying to make it like so many times they weren't always home. You know, I can speak for the experience of my many people that I know, you know, you're around your siblings all the time. You're around your classmates because, you know, parents are working different schedules, you know, trying to make ends meet. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand what you're saying, that language and um all these other things wasn't like on their top of their priority like priority list it was mainly Mm -hmm. you know go to school do what you need to do and (laughs) but you know (laughs) i mean that's definitely one thing i would say is that our generation we're trying to do differently be more intentional be more involved Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know things with your children or with you know the young people around you Mm -hmm. and i think uh the other thing too that i wanted to mention like with as you mentioned with um Umu Evo Unite, and even with your Evo language uh, uh, classes and everything there's clearly a need for it because if if there wasn't a need for them you wouldn't see the type of support that you're getting or <clears throat> excuse me like as like maybe organizations like UIU is seeing so like mm-hmm. there's there's a longing there's been a longing for a long time you know to have these resources to have these organizations especially that's ones that are driven by like young people versus you know just like i guess the elders because they do things different the way than um than we do um and actually i on, on think a couple of weeks ago i, I remember tagging you and um this <laughs> funny thing that i saw on, on instagram and um you know there's one basketball player i think his mom is possibly white but his dad is an evo man and oh, he didn't yeah. know how. Yeah, you remember. He didn't, <laughs> yeah. he didn't know how to pronounce his name correctly, which to <laughs> me, I feel like that was incredibly shocking because that's like one of the most basic. Like even if you don't know your language, at least like your name. Like mm-hmm. for him to be mispronouncing it, I was even thinking that he was making mockery of people who mispronounce his name, not knowing that he was the chief <laughs> of <Hopper's>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And I I remember saying something like, you know, didn't his parents or, you know, his dad teach him how to say his name correctly? Mm -hmm. And one person was saying, well, you can't blame the parents forever, which I guess to some extent that's true because this man is, you know, clearly an adult now. So Mm -hmm. I guess to kind of bring it back to the main point, I'm saying now that we are adults, now that, you know, we're growing up, um, many of us, like I said, are are even starting our own families now, it is Mm -hmm. our responsibility to learn the language, learn the culture, and, you know, find, I guess, this sense of community, which I, I know many people are doing. Um, but I guess kind of go, to go to the next, or did you have something to say about that?
1: Yeah, well, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, it had it all, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the, the parent, uh, you know, I, I feel like, like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, uh, the, your parents had more pressure than your generation. Because, I mean, in as much as they were here, they were working two jobs. Some people were working three jobs. Some of them right. were going to, they were paying bills, And people are home too. Because some of them, some of the parents who came out here, some of, I like to call them the first or second generation immigrants. Right. Yeah, All the true. people who came out there, out here, they came out with the intention that they were just come, going to come here to greener pastures, mm-hmm. go to go, an education, make money, and then retire back home. Right. Which is funny because I've not seen anybody who came and went back home and I know. And just stayed <laughs> back home. I have a couple of people I know a couple of people who actually came out here and then went went back home, but it's it's um you always find them that they miss because if it's not the security that they're complaining about it's something else however you know so the parents that came out here came out here and then they had to work and then they also had to send money back home so let's say a parent back then was making a hundred dollars you know a month out of the hundred dollars maybe twenty dollars was going to go to his rent and the bills and then thirty dollars will go to maybe schools and you know taking care of his family and then another forty dollars was going to go back to nigeria you know. yeah. So, but these are some of the pressures that your generation is in saddled with. You know, mm. nobody's pressing you from back home to say, oh, uh, Papa, this person is dead. Oh, oh, there's going to be a burial. Or, oh, you have not even paid levy. I know that some people who <laughs> live in the U.S. still pay burial levy or whatever levy back home. And there's nothing wrong with all this, but these are the things that actually added to the pressure that they faced, right? Because right. They, in as much as they were living out here, they didn't, some of them, their minds didn't settle. So I still hear mm. some people who say that, oh, listen, whenever I'm there, take me back home and go and bury me. I mean, you've wow. lived all your life outside in the UN, United, United States. You understand? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so they still have that I'm going home, you know, thing at the back of their mind, which actually didn't make them settle. There was an, there was a post that I saw a couple of days back that made so much sense to me, and it, it was thought-provoking. So mm. somebody said that some of the, you know, generation that came out here came out here, and then they some of them were living in two bedrooms with five children but right. back home they built homes with 10 bedrooms you know exactly. massive homes back home and the funny thing the weird funny thing is that they, they really visit home this day you yeah know, they really visit home uh, some of them visit home maybe one stops twice a year and that's it you know but they they basically lived here like this wasn't their home. They basically lived outside Nigeria like this wasn't their home. They are just passing mm. through. And so they quite didn't really, some of them didn't really integrate into the society. You know, right. some of them just, all they did was work, go to school, risk kids, and that's it. And now they just don't know what to do. Because when they even go home, you know, they still feel like a like fish out of water. Yeah. But your generation doesn't have that issue, all right? They are relaxed. All they know is the United States this is their home this is where mm-hmm. they came from they know this society better than their better better than their parents you
0: exactly. know they can
1: and that's why they're able to juggle a couple of things and just do it graciously and effortlessly you know mm-hmm. because they're more relaxed they now know that look I'm not going home any day this is my home you know so they try to get comfortable with where they are right now despite you know whatever the parents um say so yeah wow um, yeah Yeah, I mean, I actually watched a video, I think,
0: um, earlier this month or last month about what you just said. This idea Mm -hmm. of, you know, building mansions back home that are literally abandoned. Like, some areas Mm -hmm. back in, you know, the East, you know, in Igbo land that have so many, like, completed massive homes that are way bigger, way fancy. Like, very extravagant homes that, you know, people who live in Hollywood, like that kind of level of Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but like you said like they'll be living like very modest, like simple lives here, like mm-hmm. sometimes even struggling, but yet like they have this palace back home that they're not even like living in and no one is mm-hmm. living there like so it's 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 interesting actually. What, what, well, this wasn't what my what I planned to ask you, but why would you say that is? Like what's
1: the motivation behind that? Well, I think. Well, it everybody has the everybody has the their reason, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, everybody has the reason that drives them to, you know, to do what they do. And then sometimes you make all these plans, and then circumstance say, "Hey, right, <laughs> yeah." So I some people came out here, and you know, to find and catch the American dream and take it back home. Mm -hmm. you know and so they like you know as i said they they never settled they always had the i'm going home mentality and so they forgot everything else and just focused on and evil people are i mean africans are very focused once they identify something that they feel they need and they are focused on it every other thing is by the way like Mm -hmm. it, 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 it doesn't make any sense to them so i feel like it's just it just came from that i am going home someday yeah. so i mean i mean let me lay up treasures back home where i'm gonna go and retire and then relax and live the life that i want yeah. to live <laughs> <You> know, yeah <laughs> but then i mean life is i mean there's nothing wrong with that i i think i know a couple of people who actually went back home and their dream they have done well even though i know that some of them miss i mean half of the time they are the, they are out here in the united states maybe for yeah, whatever their reason time. But, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but it, it it's just for me. I believe that your home is wherever you are. So, if you are, if you you know, live for the now. What? There's so many people who actually gathered all this wealth and mm. they didn't even live to enjoy it. You know, wow. you know. So, so just I I think like the millennials are just showing that generation that you can actually live here but some people some 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 of the, the some of the first second generation uh, immigrants that came didn't begin to buy homes until recently yes. but it's rare for you to find any millennial who has whose priority once he gets a job is not to buy a home right right you understand so basically it's just about roots it's just about roots so they didn't some of them some some of the generation there's you know you can multitask especially now that the world is a global village you Mm -hmm. can actually multitask you know but you just have to you know i think it's just about planting your roots it's just all about planting your roots you have to plant your roots where you are you know there's nothing wrong with you know still doing your investments building your home back home and all that but you, you, you're not going to just deny yourself struggle and pass through all these things, you know, just, just for, for what really, yeah. right. Just basically holding your breath on life. That's what I call it. Holding your breath oh, yeah. on life. Yeah. Just saying, okay, you know what? I'm just going to keep struggling now, struggling now so that I can enjoy later. What's if later never comes? It's, it's true. It's a very powerful
0: yeah. point, actually, Chi. Like yeah. very, very true. And I think like, just to kind of add to that, um, you know, growing up again, you know, all these experiences are uh, like from my, like from what I observed in my own personal family home and then from conversations that I've had with like other friends from, that are Nigerian mm-hmm. or that are from Congo or from other places on the continent. I think many of us, like, because our parents are coming from a different generation and then being uh, for us who, you know, grew up here or, or were b- born here, spent the most majority mm-hmm. of our time here, it's just a different generation both age-wise and also culturally in so many other ways so Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times there are like a lot of clashes maybe um our parents saw the world in one way and we saw a different way and just like you rightly said you know for the millennials like our priorities are different like we're not thinking about building a building a house back in nigeria or or in our home countries we're Mm -hmm. thinking about you know settling here having our families here, not here some people, of course, if they want to invest back home or travel and flex or whatever back home, they can do that. But it's not like, like you said, they're not like paying or giving someone money back home or unless they just want to do it. But, but I think, you know, I think many of us kind of missed out on opportunities to share culture, like sitting together with your parents, sitting together with your aunts and uncles and just talking about, you know, their lives growing up. Like, I think for many of us, like we just didn't really. And again, I think it goes back to you know, parents just not having a lot of time sometimes for their kids, (laughs) Um, you know, again because of bills and just other priorities, like, so many of us kind of grew up with this, you know, understanding or feeling that Mm -hmm. we don't understand our parents, they don't understand us, like, we just Mm -hmm. live very different lives, so I think, you know, we didn't really get an opportunity to really share much about, like, our lives and their lives and But I think now, you know, as we get older, like you know, my mom and I, I talk to her and she tells me like stories of her, um, her life growing up. So it's like a beautiful thing to kind of be able to gain that from her now, you know, now that I'm older and we can kind of connect on a different level. So Mm -hmm. like just, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like this mixing of the older and the new generation, and I think it really does take a certain level of like intentionality just to learn more about our history and about our cultural norms and traditions and folklore like you and i were discussing yesterday which Mm -hmm. is something that we don't just have access to easily Um, and i think many millennials were just not aware of these um, cultures i guess in a way that we could function in a like traditional society like i don't think the average um, african immigrant millennial can go back to their village (laughs) and like function properly first of all they look very odd and you know they can't communicate in the same way like it'll be very obvious that this person has no idea what they're doing (laughs) and then like you know with i definitely want to give like a lot of kudos i guess to people like flavor because i think since 2012 or so like when i first got introduced to his music like Hearing him sing in Igbo, and like the music was very beautiful, it was very modern, it was very hip. Like, he really did a lot. I mean, I would say he's one of the pioneers, I would say, when it comes to encouraging, like, this new generation of African artists, or, Niger- well, specifically Igbo artists, to mm-hmm. sing in their native tongue and in a way that has a lot of, like, swag to that it. That is in a way cool. that's, Yes, yes, very yeah. cool, very colorful. <laughs> Like yeah. people, like look forward to his new releases, and people like Fino as well, and other people mm-hmm. who are, like, who sing in the native tongue, and like in a way, like, like the way Flavor like mixes his music, like you, of course, some of it is kind of you know on the <laughs> raunchy side, but <laughs> a lot of it still is very positive, and you're learning about, you know, the heritage, you're learning about like different slang, like it's just, I, I mm-hmm. will give him a lot of um, credit for that. Mm-hmm. And, like, specifically, like, with the again um, again video with um, Larry Gaga and Teresa Onora and all these other, like, greats, and I guess in Ebo like, um, artistry or whatever. And um, I, I think it was beautiful to see that video because, like, I was telling you earlier, it showed, like, to me, I, I never knew much, I never knew anything about. Um, i get again music or uh teresa honora or anything of that nature so it kind of introduced the new generation to this older generation kind of culture Mm -hmm. and at the same time for the older generation it brought them like this connection with the new generation so i think that's a very beautiful thing and you know as far as the cultural revitalization
1: i guess aspect i don't know if you had anything to say about that Yes, I think it was, um, you know... It, 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 I, I mean, with especially the the song with um, mm-hmm. uh, Teresa, I don't know how... It, 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 uh, because it has packed a lot of... Um, Conversations. I was looking online and I realized that people. I mean, also like we discussed yesterday, people have been having questions, people have been asking questions on, oh, who is this person? Oh, mm-hmm. where she? And then you now see, I now, I, I just saw that her song is on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So it has. I mean, right before now, it was as if she was forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, but that song is relevant in the sense that it kind of brought the old and the new, right? right. And um you know like you said revitalization so it's like you know it has also made people now people are you know especially the millennials are now asking questions like okay what other thing can i find from the past you know yeah. like bringing bringing mm. stuff from the past back you know what else can i find what okay so if 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 this lady played this kind of music back then let me, can I see a video of what happened back then? Oh, was yeah. this what she was wearing back then? So it's kind of, oh, but what was the meaning of the thing that I saw in her video back then and things like that? So it's also raising conversations, raising, you know, uh, making people more curious about things that they didn't know. So there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff to be learned about the, the past, you know, about but where we come from, not just the food. I know that everybody right. is all excited about jollof rice and Igusi soup and things like <laughs> that, but yeah, food is a, food is a great, part, a wonderful part of culture. I love food myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, but certain questions are being asked and answered right now, and people are beginning to talk to their parents more. I have right. grown nieces that are, you know, and uh, nephews that are asking questions like, okay, why is this this way? Or mm-hmm. during the process of And I know people who, you know, want to get married they, they travel all the way back home to go and do their traditional weddings and stuff and so they are learning more about questions about the, the the culture and while they are back home they are asking questions like okay what does this tree mean what does mm-hmm. this plant mean what does this stand for and things like that so um a lot of questions a lot of um interest have been sparked you know with, with with some of the things like you said kudos to people like uh flavor kudos to Fino. I mean Fino to me is a magician because he mm-hmm. I can't even imagine somebody rapping in Igbo and getting the lyrics tight. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah you know, it's so interesting, you know, to me. And and so a lot of these things have sparked maybe he so went and, and because the songs are so enjoyable, because things mm-hmm. are you know people are becoming like i said they're becoming curious and 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 when he says something that i i, I hear a lot of my students coming to class and say oh i was listening to fino's song day, and he said uh when they fall down what does that mean you know, so some <laughs> of the slangs <laughs> some of the slangs and things are becoming more and more um you know people are, i i just i'm just so happy that people are are you know um People are curious that's the thing right. i would say people are curious and and so when i started my business when i started the ibo class I, I i i had a lot of people who said oh i'm going to register my kids i'm going to register my kids i i, I was teaching kids it was like parents were like and some of the parents were millennials because i had like five-year-olds i had six-year-olds in my class and they were like oh you have to learn Ibo. you need to learn igbo but at a point i realized that when people found out that i was teaching Igbo and this you know I mean I try to make my like as I said earlier not to to my own horn I'm a cool person so I like to make my classes cool (laughs) right so I I was (laughs) impressed when I when people started finding out about my classes and actually signing themselves up for the classes it is such a beautiful thing to to watch you just say okay I want to know about this class I want to learn about this class and in the class we just kind of have conversations about not just you know the language but somehow we also talk about one or two things about the culture because people ask me questions there's a group that I'm teaching they are not ibos they are just they are um they are uh dna tested ibos right oh, they are not powerful. actually yes t- dna tested ibos and and it's amazing how beautiful these people are because they are not mm. well i won't say they are not if, if they hear that i said they are not ibos they, might, they yeah, they might be so perfect. mad at me. But but they, these are people that were not born. They are father, fathers and, and and grandfathers are African-Americans and they decided right. to say, oh, you know what? We know the whole story and we just want to find out where we're from. And so they go on and do this DNA testing and find out that they are from, you know, I have people who say, oh, I actually found my family, my great-grand great-great-great-grandfather's family in so-so-so place in Igbo land. You know, mm-hmm. and they're supposed <laughs> take it a step further. I have classes with them, you know, where we talk about, where we learn Igbo language and we discuss culture, we discuss all kinds of things. They, they, they are so amazing because they do naming. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I love so, that. Yes, it is beautiful and these are adults. These are professionals. These are not kids. These are adults. They've taken, mm-hmm. so it's, there's nothing as impressive and as exciting and as, uh, you know, you know, beautiful as seeing somebody who, decides by themselves to say, okay, you know what? I'm a grown woman, I'm a grown man, I want to know where I come from and I want to know more about where I come from. You know, yeah. it's it and, and, and I like the conversation that is going on right now in you know among Igbos, because a lot of people are trying to find out where they're from and you know you know with all the things with all with you know all the things that are being put out there. So and people is all it has also encouraged a couple of people to put up you know to make you know put up resources you know that talk about igbo people that talk about igbo culture that talk about the language there's so many resources that are coming out i'm working on a couple of resources myself you know nice. that we're going to put out there you know just for education i
0: love it yeah i love it i mean gee, i mean you, you definitely brought up a lot of like amazing things and i think like you said when people are more intentional about you know learning more about their heritage you know again using the example of flavor. Like not only does it inspire a generation like our the millennials and other people, it also inspires other people like whenever I watch Flavor's videos on YouTube, I always see people from like different African countries saying, you know, I don't know what they're saying, but I love the Igbo language, yeah. you know, I've been learning. Like, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing like when you have pride in your culture and in your heritage, it, it reflects, you know, both within yourself and how you see the world around you. And even how others see you as well. So I think that's a beautiful and a very powerful thing. Yeah, so
1: taking it back to when I said that, you know, loving yourself, accepting Mm -hmm. yourself, and being confident in yourself, there's nothing cooler than that. Because when you are comfortable, when you are when you are comfortable with yourself, you it's it's easy for it's easier for somebody to want to know who you are, what you're all about. Confidence actually makes you makes you attractive. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very much true. And I think, um,
0: you know, kind of to touch on that, I guess the topic we mentioned earlier about like this, um, maybe the traditional or older generation kind of things like with social media, I mean, social media has been a driver for culture like for a while, like it's actually been pushing a lot of these um, things that we see every day, like the traditional weddings and like just Nigerian weddings in general, Nigerian food, like language, and then, like with some of these like different challenges, like the other day I I, I saw like one TikTok video or whatever of a lady dancing to um, Ebu Abuja. Like that was I think that was my first time hearing that song, and it was just like was so catchy. Like <laughs> and was, she was she was wearing like a you know wrapper like you know traditional kind of wear, and mm-hmm. had her hair in like a traditional kind of style, and it was just so beautiful like to see that. And then again, even though the the music is old, but it's still like something about it is <laughs> it moves you. And um, and even like seeing people dance, you know, to ogene music, and you know, do like the mm-hmm. traditional Ebo dancing, like I think it's so beautiful to see like those in my generation like have that desire to, and, and weirdly, like it just kind of comes naturally because not that anyone taught us how to do <laughs> some of these mm-hmm. dances, but mm-hmm. somehow it's like within you, it's in your blood somehow.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way you can hear Ogina music and kind of sit
1: still. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) That's very very true. (laughs) That is very very true. Yeah, because um, yeah, I I think it's it's um, it's the 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 awareness that's been created by all these um resources has made it so you know, you know, people are investigating really people right. are investigating you know when, when i moved to the u when i came to the u.s I I, I I you know earlier on i and i think i attended um i attended a traditional wedding mm-hmm. no it was a new year festival thing and i was blown away i was like oh my goodness <laughs> what's happening here and you know <laughs> texas houston is the place houston yes. is just some people say when i tell them i live in houston they're like oh that's the 37th state of nigeria you know because right. it, it's just it feels you know like home in texas you know mm-hmm. if you, uh, houston especially feels like home here so um a lot of people still you know when you go to traditional weddings here you see the 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 the, the, the people having the traditional wedding, the things they wear, the way yeah. they dance, the songs they choose, the food that is served. You know, you you know that before they get married, everybody is just taking time to say, Oh, um What's uh? Where Antichi? I I want to do. I have. I've had so many people say to me, Antichi. I'm having my traditional wedding next week, and my mm. husband wants to wear this cap or that dress or that fabric. What does it mean? What does it represent? You know. Mm. Oh, what is it wrong? Is it right? You know, things like that. And we've had um, conversation. Even ask me things, and even know some things that I don't even know, despite the fact that I grew up back home. It's right. it's it's interesting yeah so i i'm just so proud that you know this is what is going on right now people are embracing who they are there's nothing as beautiful as embracing oneself it is it is one of the most beautiful things to see and i'm here for all of it
0: oh yes oh yes she <laughs> i'm actually happy that you mentioned that because that was like the next question i was going to ask you like when it comes to people like let's say an example you gave maybe because you know we didn't really grow up hearing some of these elements about our culture so let's say you don't have like maybe, a, like maybe you don't have much of a support group or maybe you don't have like a very great relationship with your families back home. So you mm-hmm. don't really know how to go about certain things. So I guess let's say, you know, if you let's say a young person makes a mistake, like maybe a woman does something that she's not supposed to do that's somehow considered taboo in our culture. Or let's say a young man does something he's not supposed to do um, or says a certain thing or whatever that's like traditionally for women only or something that's traditionally for men only. Like, how, how does a person, I guess, know when they're doing something wrong or how can they be corrected, I guess, in love maybe? Or, I don't know. Cause I, cause I know, like, you know, I know like, I, when I was talking to you about some of these um, topics before, like there are certain things that may have been considered taboo in our culture. Like you know, like I told you about some women wearing women wearing like ishiagu or um. But now I'm seeing more people are I guess more accepting or tolerating of, you know, wearing some of these uh, clothing items um, online or you know when they go to different functions. So what what do you think will it will take to change some of these uh, traditions, especially those that forbid men and women from doing certain things in Ibo society and if you could kind of give some examples of maybe some taboo things that you are aware of at the moment?
1: Um. Uh, well, uh, things are changing quite all right, but I, I do believe that things that are sacred should remain sacred. In fact, um, there are rules and culture, there are, um, norms and values that should guide every society, you know? And um, and so, you know, having said that, it, think you know i I, well let me let me let me say let me let me organize my thoughts this way so first of all things are changing quite all right you know times are changing and i mean who knew that you know you can actually do stay in your house not set foot outside for a whole month because you can shop from home work from home do everything you want to do, do this interview from home, <laughs> you know, at the point, this thing seemed abnormal. I mean, anybody who thought about this a couple of years ago, it would have been impossible, but times have changed. However, things that are sacred should, I feel like certain things should remain sacred because some norms and culture and values are put in place to make sure that things work well. You know sometimes mm-hmm. we may not like it, but it is for the greater good of everyone. Um, so but there are some things that are taboos that have changed. You know, I, I guess some of the things that are changing and some of the the relaxed, you know, okay. some of the things that are relaxed are happening because of the globalization. You know, I mean, this is again like our fathers and mothers would say, this is the jet age, so <laughs> things are <laughs> things things are changing all right so it, i think when when you that's why they say traveling is a part of education because when when you when you're in your own little corner and you're doing certain things it seems to you like this is the right thing to do you know i know that there are some things that are said that oh you know if we don't do this in our culture but as time goes on because people are more informed people are aware of other you know how other people are around. You know how other people. You know other tribe, other culture, other nationalities. How they do certain things. Uh, they begin to see that okay, this is this might not just be bad after all. So I think the the the, I think technology, social media, globalization brought uh give birth to to certain things changing. For example, I know that in the past, in 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 in, in some in evil culture especially, women do not inherit properties, you know, from their father. Like when you're when if you're a woman and your father had sons and your father died, you would not get any properties uh and let's say he doesn't even have only the sons get the properties and let's say he doesn't get properties. let's say he doesn't ha- he didn't you know, the, the man didn't have any son his brothers would take over because he 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 gave birth to women but now women are beginning to inherit stuff you know People, women are starting to inherit stuff and so things are changing you know because you are beginning to understand that hey look uh, we these women are human beings as well all right. Things like um, Isiago, I remember that before, I mean, in Igbo culture, Isiago is worn by people in the Ozor, uh, people who have the Ozor title. All right. That is their dressing. They have, we have always been known for that kind of dressing. But now you see, even now, women who are getting married, in fact, there was an uproar a couple of years back of a lady who used the Isiago fabric to sew shorts and shirts. And the, the 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 and social media blew to pieces. People were infuriated. How dare was? What, what does that mean? And all that. But you know, it is just one of those things because probably because I see that 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 is your good a pattern or design is made in silk now before it was a particular type of fabric that was mm. made you know but now it's people said hey we can make silk out or we can use silk and make isiago. we can use wool and make isiago. we can make cotton or whatever and so people are saying okay what do you mean it's, it's no longer it, you know there's no significance you know it's just a fabric it can just be a fabric I, worn by anyone uh, I was tempted to but I, like I said I tried to leave secret things to me <laughs> <laughs> to be sacred, you know, so uh, yeah, so, the, so that's the thing, so a lot of things are changing because people are becoming more aware and understanding that there are certain things that used to happen that uh, you know, basically that some of these laws were made for people and people were not made for these laws, mm. you know, some of them that were too strict that be- people are beginning to relax on them and uh, some might even say that this is why we're losing our culture, possibly possibly, but I feel like Culture, uh, because culture is made for man and man is not made for culture. Things keep evolving and things keep changing. People, you know, learn that okay, there are so many ways of doing something, you know, and things can be improved, you know. So, a lot of things change from from time and again, you know, from time and again. Uh, I know that also in, um, uh, yeah, like uh, I think the one, the one that that uh, hits home. Uh, why I, I use that example is, you know, things are changing, especially with women. Um, you know, when you have so many ideologies out there today, like the feminist uh, the feminist ideology uh, saying, why can't uh, women be included in the society? Why, why can't women have this and, you know, why can't women partake of this and that? And so, so people are saying, okay, maybe it's not a bad idea if we also include women. So things are, are changing because uh, people are you know relating more right now you know Mm -hmm. before now people didn't relate like that because uh, you know as i said earlier on if you're in your own little corner in one village and you don't know what the next village or the next city or the next uh country is doing you might just think that the way you're doing what you're doing is the best way of doing what you're doing you know until you now travel and then you start seeing that oh okay oh so these people are doing this, and and it's not it's not bad. We you know we can also adopt it and and also improve and all that you know. So yeah. yeah. Because there are, there are certain times. I know that there are some cultures in the past that if you wanted to marry a woman, they wouldn't take money from you. They will flog you a couple of strokes of the cane, and if you <laughs> cried, yeah, and if you cried, they will say you're weak and can't take right. care of their daughter, and you wouldn't marry. But now things like that are going away because I mean, who says that a man cannot cry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i know yeah yeah so yeah.
0: well just to kind of round up um so i know we've talked about so many different things in this um you know in this conversation i know there's one thing in particular that i i always like reflect on because i know like i told you before you know growing up our, my parents really did a good job with trying to you know incorporate aspects of our culture as it relates to you know, New Yam Festival and um, Mm -hmm. other cultural events where sometimes we actually had, you know, masquerades that were there, but I don't think I've seen a masquerade in the U.S. since, I don't know what what year that was. It was in the early 2000s, the last time that we had one kind of um, function like that. Mm -hmm. And I know for many people, you know, obviously because of religion and maybe you can say exposure, maybe you can say education, Um, we tend to see some certain aspects of our Mm -hmm. traditional evil evil culture as um, evil or backwards and I wanted to ask you what do you personally think um, how can we change our views on some of these things that you know make our culture what it is what you know while still you know upholding our religion but at the same time respecting or appreciating those parts of our heritage
1: Uh, okay so I think that um it's easy i always say this it's easy to condemn what you do not know you know and that is one of the issues when people face judgment or when people condemn or judge something or someone is is it's it's how you know 80 percent of the time is because they don't know that thing or they don't know that person or they're afraid that it, it, it um it conflicts with what they are used to you know so Regarding masquerade, I know at the last UIU convention that we had masquerade there, you know, mm. and um, and it's just to identify with the with the culture. For some people, it's it's um for some people, it's 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 what they know. It's entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, it's entertainment, and so. Um, Uh, what I have to say about that is always try to know, find out, you know, Mm -hmm. before you even go ahead to condemn something, try to know what it is, you know, And, and nothing stops you from You know, being religion, being religious, and still doing what you have to do. I'm not saying you. I mean, at at the end of the day, I'm one who advocates. uh, You know, your conscience or what you feel comfortable with. So, but do not dismiss something because somebody said so. Just investigate and find out. How does this? What you know? What what aspect of your culture? How is this relevant in your culture? Basically, what is the relevance of certain practices in your culture? And then, if you know, ask questions. And if you find out then you choose for yourself whether this is something you want to you know celebrate or not do you understand what i mean and and i'm saying this with regards to things like the masquerade and some other practices you know so at the end of the day it's about knowing, it's about being aware, you just cannot dismiss something and say oh this is evil or this is um, this is bad or whatever without giving it a fair chance a fair chance to know what exactly it's all about because I was just, I saw a short video yesterday in fact a couple of videos that have been trending online some people say that playing football is is a sin and any Christian who plays football is going to go to hell (laughs) another person said that wearing cologne is a sin, if you wear cologne you're going to go to hell and then and so forth and so on so you see you cannot you cannot make decisions or choose what you want out of a culture what you want out of a certain practice based off of what somebody said because of how they feel towards it i feel like everybody should just it's all about knowing this is this is this is um this is a beautiful time to be alive because every yeah. information that you need is at your fingertip on your yeah. phone you know I always tell people there's no reason for you to there's no reason for you not to know anything because any single thing you want to know is accessible with yes. with 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 the access that you have to information so investigate ask questions even if some people just even some people I know that some people when do when they do not know something simply because they don't understand it they make up stuff because they don't want it or because they don't like it they make up stuff to make you not like the same thing so but just ask questions go online research for yourself and you know gather as much information as you as you need to especially you know concerning where you come from you know it's not a waste It will empower you you know and you will even be a cooler person for knowing yeah so (laughs) yeah so yeah so yeah that's what i have to say about that and then and then decide for yourself if it, it 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 aligns with your belief as a person with your personal belief you know, and mm. then, yeah, so that's, 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 that's really what I like to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and thank
0: goodness for YouTube, like, everything, like, so many videos. Exactly, yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's a great way to see, like, historical things as well, as well as, you know, modern conversations and commentary. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. That's,
0: yeah. absolutely. So Chi, I mean thank you so much for your time. Um, if you can just give some final closing remarks, maybe how people can connect with you or
1: anything that you would like to share as we close. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I, I you know, I love to have conversations about Igbo people, culture, language, everything Igbo. And um, I I and now I'm inspired to resume my service on- Sunday. <laughs> to, res- <laughs> to resume my service Sunday because that actually helps to talk about, you know, yes. stuff every now and then. Yes. I, I've been I've been so busy uh this past year that, you know, it's it's crazy, but yeah, I'm going to uh get back to it. So, um thank you everyone who have who, who is who has listened. I uh, thank you to everyone who has listened in and um uh well, I am I was born and raised in Igbo land and um, I am a a I am an Igbo language tutor. I tutor Igbo language to people in diaspora. So if you are interested in Igbo language, if you're interested in Igbo culture, just give your girl a shout. I'm on Instagram as anti as Igbo class and as at Igbo class anti chi and um, I'm also on Facebook as Igbo Chi. Yes, and uh, just try, like, you know, as I've said a couple of times, and I cannot overemphasize, uh, nothing is as cooler as being confident in who you are and being confident in where you're from. Do not let anybody tell you that your language, your culture is bush. I I hear that a lot. There's nothing bush about your accent. I was talking to somebody a few days ago, and then they said, oh, hi, do you speak English? I said, yes, I do. How about you? How about you? Do you speak English? And she said, of course I do. I said, okay, all right, well. And then she goes on to say, but I cannot understand your accent. I said, likewise, I cannot understand your accent as well. So do not let, there's no language or culture that is more superior to another language or culture. That's one thing you need to get at the back of your mind. Uh, your language or whoever you are, wherever you come from, as long as you know where you come from it is it is beautiful you need to embrace it there's nothing as attractive as knowing where you're from and embracing who you are and so yeah that's it just people keep doing the good work keep finding out more about yourself keep having this conversation that's the only way we can keep our culture and our heritage alive you know so yeah that's um Basically, and thank you so much, Inkyu, for having me. This this is, I mean, it's always a pleasure to connect and and talk with you. I just like the conversations that we have (laughs) because... They're always, um, you know, very relevant conversation. And so thank you very much for, you know, you know, bringing me to this. I just I hope to come back again. again. Yes,
0: yes, definitely. definitely. Thank you so much, Chi. And thank you all for listening. This is Conversations from the Diaspora, a Building Africa's Future podcast. Until next time, be well. Bye.
1: Bye bye. (laughs)